The following is a hoop bowl presentation. JC sitting here, El Cubano cigar in my hand, 24 hours later, and it still feels like magic, baby. The Lakers are NBA champions on the Hoopball Lakers podcast and everywhere else around the entire world. JC, the Lakers are champions, baby. We've been waiting literally a year to say it. Yeah, it's, I mean, seeing LeBron in the playoffs, finally seeing playoff LeBron, everything that, that we thought he could be. Uh, unfortunately, it couldn't, didn't happen last year, but yeah, everything played out beautifully this year, all things considered. You can you can hear the drink clinking in the background, the cigar in the other hand. Ethan is feeling the vibes. That's the same vibes that the Lakers team are feeling after returning to LAX now that they are back in Los Angeles, home from the bubble with the Larry O'Brien trophy in hand. And JC, like we were just talking about before we came on air here, it really was over. I don't want to say over before it started, but this was a different Lakers team than we saw in Game 5. This team came out on a mission, and it was to dominate on the defensive end, and that's exactly what they did. This game was over at halftime, JC. Yeah, I feel like the way that they lost Game 5, not not just that they lost, but that they lost such a close game. They lost wearing the Mamba jerseys. Danny Green went through all the horrible stuff that him and his fiance went through through social media, which those fans should be ashamed of themselves. Um, Cause I mean, yeah, we, we've talked negatively about him too, but it's mostly been constructive. Um, but yeah, I think, I think they were definitely on a mission in game six to play a, as close to a flawless game as you can play. The largest lead in this game for the Lakers was 36 points. JC, it was a total and complete domination on seemingly felt like both ends of the floor. Miami's final offensive numbers don't look terrible, although they did miss nine free throws. But, man, this Lakers team absolutely shut down Miami when it mattered most. As you said, we saw not only playoff LeBron James, King James. I'm going to go ahead and throw that moniker back on him, put some damn respect back on his name, as he said when collecting his finals MVP award. And one of the things that really stuck out to me was that it felt like LeBron specifically wanted to make a very, very specific point that, of course, Anthony Davis's arrival is what helped fuel this team to the back to the, being champions and for him to be a champion. But LeBron James is still the best player in the NBA. And I don't think there's any confusion about it at this point. Yeah, best player, best mind. May not be completely the most athletic anymore, but I liked his interview with, with Scott Van Pelt on ESPN where – you know, he he said if, if you were to line up thirty-five-year-old LeBron against twenty-seven-year-old LeBron, LeBron now would just dominate him because he would outsmart him, he'd outplay him. He he's just a better all-around player. LeBron in this game with just one turnover while collecting yet another triple-double in the playoffs, in the finals, 28, 14, and 10 for LBJ on an efficient 13 of 20 from the field. I mean, the dude did absolutely everything you wanted to see from him in this game, and then some. And the Lakers were so much fun to watch last night, JC, that honestly, we haven't even talked about the huge change in the starting lineup. Our guy, Alex, the AC unit, as my buddy Spencer would say, Caruso, joining the starting five and as the Lakers tweeted about Instagrammed about and everybody just caught on fire after this game Alex Caruso has gone in the span of basically a year 
to being starting in the G League to starting in the NBA Finals and really playing a critical role for this Lakers team. And before we heap too much praise on Caruso, I do have to say, and I know we talked about this earlier, I do have to say, Rajon Rondo, I'm sorry. I owe you an apology, my man. Okay? I was harsh on you. I wanted to know why you were playing so much. I questioned Frank Vogel's trust in you. Rajon Rondo, I'm sorry, brother. Congratulations on the second title for you and, and your first one with the Lakers because I was wrong and you proved me wrong. I appreciate being proved wrong. I'm big enough to admit that. Yeah, I mean, we you, the playoff Rondo thing was mostly a joke, but it the last time he kind of was playoff Rondo was, I think, three or four years ago. And so you didn't really know if he if he truly kind of had that in him. And then he had that, all that time away from the bubble with his his weird thumb injury. And so you didn't you didn't quite know if he was going to bring it like that. And but dude, yeah, in game six he was just he was just brilliant all around. The, the the entire bench. Not that we need to do a box score breakdown, but I looked at it. He had 19 off the bench, and there was only five points between Kuzma and Markeith. Uh, and then three by Dwight Howard in, in garbage time. So pretty much five points off the bench and then 19 from Rondo. It was so great to see Dwight Howard hit that three-pointer. You know so badly that he wanted to score in his one minute of action in the NBA Finals. So it was nice to see even if it didn't matter. But there's no question, this whole Lakers team, I mean, Frank Vogel really shortened, shortened the rotation, it felt like, in game six. I mean, Rondo obviously was out there for an extended period of time, and Kuzma and Morris had their flashes. But this was really all about the starting lineup. With the exception of Danny Green, every starter for the Lakers played at least 33 minutes. And Catavius Caldwell-Pope continued to play well. Now, he was a huge factor as well. I mean, as much as I tweeted about I tweeted this earlier. I said, we all know that LeBron and Anthony Davis carry this Lakers team to a championship, okay? But to overlook the, the contributions of the supporting cast, guys like Catavius Caldwell-Pope, Alex Caruso, uh, Markeith Morris, Rajon Rondo specifically, and Avery Bradley earlier in the season, obviously, before the bubble – it would be a huge mistake. And even guys like Jared Dudley in the locker room, even guys like Quinn Cook in practice, even guys like JaVale McGee who kind of carry the same attitude whether he's in the starting five or out, completely out of the rotation. This is an up-and-down effort for the Lakers to come in and to win this championship. You know what I would say about this Lakers team, JC? On paper, they might not be the most talented team in the NBA, but they have the best one-two punch that I would take over any other team. And on top of that, they have the best team in the NBA, the best chemistry, the best camaraderie, the best togetherness, and the best unity. Frank Vogel got LeBron James to commit on the defensive end of the court this year, and that really set a tone for the rest of his teammates. Obviously, having Anthony Davis there is a huge help, but this is an up-and-down effort by this Lakers team, and no effort should have gone overlooked or underappreciated. Yeah, the putting Caruso in the starting lineup, like we, I know we've talked at different points about how they could shift the lineup to where Anthony Davis could be the five and you go a little smaller, but like Markeith Morris at the four, never in my life would I have thought the solution being like, yeah, put Caruso in there. Um, one, because he's never started in that moment. And, uh, and although he's proven all of his doubt is wrong over his career so far, that's an especially huge moment. Game six of the, of the NBA finals to be your first playoff start. Um, but yeah, Frank Vogel obviously knew something that we all didn't. And so, and, and right away he, he Caruso's impact was there. He he was he was swatting swatting at balls, deflecting passes. His his defensive impact was there. And his typical Caruso game, he didn't do a lot offensively, but his plus minus was huge. And yeah, you just you can't deny uh, his chemistry with LeBron uh, when they were on pick and rolls. So yeah, it was it was just a brilliant move. 
He's a guy who has just been jamming with LeBron really since last season, you know, before LeBron's injury and all of that. But they've always had good chemistry and a good connectedness on the court out there. And obviously the same can go uh, and be said for Rajon Rondo and LeBron James and Rajon Rondo and Anthony Davis. I mean, it is clear that their time in New Orleans together really benefited their their connection and their chemistry. And just all the way around, it's amazing. I, I look up and down this roster and you say, of course, you're, you're already looking ahead toward next season a little bit, right, in your mind. As much as we're celebrating the title and really enjoying the moment, I don't want to get caught up in the future. But you really you, – you just even the smallest little peek ahead to next season – when you look up and down this roster, of course there are places where it could be improved, but if this exact group ran it back, I would not be upset. No, and, and most of this roster will come back. It's one of the things I'm glad you brought up. Um, they have a lot of player options, and I'd imagine most, if not all, player options are, are going to either opt in or are going to opt out because they are looking for a raise like Anthony Davis uh, KCP might do that, although at eight million, uh, a lot of people think he he's still kind of right around where he should be. Although he definitely had a great playoff run, and he, and he might feel like he deserves a raise. Uh, Javale McGee is probably the least impactful player, but yeah, I can almost guarantee he would opt into his four million and, and probably not get a lot of playing time next year. Uh, Avery Bradley might opt out. I might opt out because he's got his ring and he might seek money. And although he didn't necessarily earn a lot of money not playing in the bubble. But, yeah, I mean, for the most part, this entire team's coming back. I'm very curious to see how the Lakers will handle a couple of kind of what I would call key spots. Obviously, Markeith Morris joined the team on a buyout, and he turned out to be a bigger contributor than I think a lot of people internally or externally of the Lakers organization might have expected. So I'm curious about that. Dwight Howard joined this team on a training camp contract. Absolutely no guarantees until the guarantee date. And to say Dwight Howard has plays, played his way into a race would be an understatement, JC. So if you're if you're Dwight Howard and you're the Lakers, do you think that this reunion just sort of keeps going? Or do you think that Dwight might be seeking a bigger raise and, and a bigger role elsewhere? Yeah, this is kind of where I feel like the the Lakers might have some decisions to make because, I mean, assuming JaVale opts in, which he probably will, um, you know, we still haven't seen what DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis would look like now because we know that's been successful in the past. I am so curious, JC. Yeah, and I definitely don't see three centers being needed on this lineup. I am so curious about the DeMarcus Cousins factor, and I'm so glad you brought it up. Obviously, we haven't seen him play NBA basketball in an extended period of time now, but I am very curious to see what that might look like. And I think the Lakers, sort of regardless of anything else on the roster, it feels like a situation that they could revisit and one that DeMarcus Cousins, I think, is definitely interested in revisiting as well. Yeah, I mean, he was still working out with, at the facility even after they had cut him. And so, and and he was the one I, I talked about a few episodes ago where uh, he talked about the chemistry of this team on a podcast where he's the one who said the quote, like, if one guy's going to the movies, we're all going to the movies. So he's definitely bought into this team, and I'm sure he, he's curious to, to see how he could have contributed. No, no question about it. So before we get too caught up in the future, although we like to go down that road, I do want to focus on the present because the Lakers being NBA champions, I mean, it is really still so surreal. And obviously, we haven't had an experience like this ever 
You know, my first words were going to be in a long time, but really ever. And the reason I say ever is not because the Lakers haven't won championships before. Obviously, we know that they have. But the reason we haven't seen something like this is because, JC, this basketball season has literally lasted over a year at this point. These guys, I thought at times in this game, you know, uh, were, were noticeably tired. Not necessarily so much on the Lakers side, but on the Heat side. Jimmy Butler looked exhausted at certain points. He was kind of uh, loafing up and down the court. And I'm not trying to criticize him in any in any way. Completely understandable. Played another 45 minutes in the clinching defeat for the Lakers. And I just think his body, he gave so much in game five that he was literally exhausted. So he was still, you know, kind of effective, but it was not the same Jimmy Butler that we saw in game five or the rest of this series. And then some of those other guys just really struggled for Miami. You know, Duncan Robinson obviously wasn't the factor he was in game five. Tyler Hero uh, struck, continued to struggle with his shot. And the reality is after Jimmy Butler, even with Bam Adebayo having a good game, Goran Dragic played, you know, but he, he wasn't out there because he was playing effectively. I think that the thought process might have been, look, it's a pain tolerance issue. He really wants to be out there. Eric Spolscher says maybe he can give us a spark of some type. I just think the Heat didn't have enough talent to compete with the Lakers. And I think we all knew that after game one and probably even before the series really even started. Yeah, I mean, it's it's huge testament to, to Jimmy Butler and, and that organization that they were able to kind of gut out two wins the way they did. And even kind of even kind of make one of the other games pretty close, but yeah, for the most part, this was kind of three three games in which the Lakers were just massively outplaying the Heat because they were just taller and overall better. After Game One, we sat here, and I remember I specifically said, "Look, this feels like a one seed playing a five seed." And and the reality is, flashback to two, 2019 before the season, before training camp, before any of that started. And if anyone would have told you, JC, that the Lakers are going to play the Heat in the NBA Finals, I don't think there's anyone in their right mind who takes Miami. Now, I know a lot of people were trying to jump on Miami just like they were trying to jump on Denver or Houston or even Portland going back to the first round of the playoffs to knock off the Lakers and beat them. But look, there's a reason the Lakers finished where they finished in the regular season. There's a reason they had the playoff success that they did. And I feel like everybody who's sort of anti-Lakers is trying to find ways to strip uh, sort of the responsibility or strip the credit that the Lakers deserve. And I thought LeBron's speech, to go back to that, when he accepted his post-game finals MVP and was talking to the Lakers as a whole, I thought he was really poignant with that because I felt like the Lakers did reserve some, or deserve some of that respect back, some of that that had been maybe lost or forgotten about. This is a great organization one of the most historic in all of professional sports and yes they've been taken i don't want to say off the map but you know off the immediate playoff map in the last decade or so overall but for them to go on this run this year it, it not only you know validates everything rob palenka did executive uh, <laughs> executive of the of the year award winner or not which obviously he was not but I think it also validates this whole Lakers franchise once again. And, and, and again, I think it, it makes the Lakers an attractive destination because of LeBron James, because of Anthony Davis, because they're coming off a title. And I think it puts the Lakers back at the forefront of a conversation where, you know, everyone's going to sort of be coming for them because they got the target on their back. But in my opinion, JC, this is when this group at least played their best basketball of the season. Yeah, and it, it's part of the reason why – even talked about a couple episodes ago like i i don't i don't want them to mess with like the the heart of this lineup too much like 
as great a player as, as Chris Paul is, like I think he would come at a hefty, hefty price, and I don't think the end result would would kind of. I don't think that all those parts would be bigger than the, than the hole that this hole is. No, I don't. I don't think that the. I think what the Lakers, if you're looking for lessons from this season in terms of how to apply it forward, I think one of the things that you have to take out of this year is that the Lakers don't need a quote-unquote third star for this team to operate at its best, right? Everybody said Kyle Kuzma has to play that role for this team to be at its best. Well, Kyle Kuzma had two points in the game where the Lakers won the NBA championship and clinched the series. So clearly that's not accurate. What you need is a team around LeBron James and Anthony Davis that is capable of spacing the floor, that is capable of defending on the perimeter, and is capable of heart and hustle that's what this team needs to operate sustainably. And yes, you need some key bench pieces, especially you need some size of Anthony Davis isn't going to play center all the time. But that's, I think, a much more uh, re- realistic, for lack of a better word, way to look at constructing this team. That's the reality for this Lakers group. And I think that's one of, if not their biggest lessons that they should take out of this season. And the other one being, very frankly, and, and I think any Laker you ask would say this, is that the commitment to the defensive end is what fueled their success. So as good as the Lakers can be offensively, and obviously we've seen that not only in the finals but at various points this season, their commitment to the defensive end is what fueled them forward. So this is a defense-first team, and I think the Lakers have to remember that going forward as well. Yeah, and and that's something we've touched on before too, where there doesn't need to be a designated third guy because all these role players, if they play their role, they're going to be a star one way or another. Dwight Howard has had his moments. He had one of his moments in this this series in Game Two. He he started and played a really great game. Rondo had a great Game Six. Kuzma had a game winner in the bubble. KCP had an amazing last two rounds of the playoffs. And he, even though he started out slow, uh, yeah. And Caruso, obviously, you can't speak enough about him. Like you you play your role on a team with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. You're going to be a star. You may not be a star every night. But you're going to be a star occasionally. The supporting cast. And you, hey, if you support on LeBron's team, you could be Larry Hughes and turn it into a big contract. Okay, So yeah. all I'm saying is play, be a star in your role. The supporting team bought into that mentality, JC. I totally agree. And I wouldn't be doing my job as a host or an effective podcast man, point man, if I didn't tie in the read for Manscaped right, <laughs> right here. So you already know what's coming. Manscaped got you feeling supported with their anti-chafing cooler boxer briefs, and that's one of my favorite personal parts of my collection. The Manscaped boxer briefs have optimal temperature control with their crop cooling technology while keeping your pride and joy supported. The waistband is also super elastic, so when it bunges, when it rubs, when it chafes, you don't got to worry about that because it's all built in. And your girl's going to go wild because she knows she's got a real Manscaped man when she pulls him down. You already know what you need to do besides try it out for yourself. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HOOPBALL20 at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com. Just use the code HOOPBALL20 and tell them Ethan sent you. They'll send you a little something extra, all right? That's my gift to you guys. <laughs> That's how we do it. from their families for a while, so I hope they've been using it. Absolutely, and you know that they're going to be I, I would have to imagine that if they have not already taken a nap in their own bed after getting back to Los Angeles this morning, I would have to imagine that these guys are going to have a miraculous night's sleep in their bed for the first time in nearly a third of a year. So good for the Lakers, good for their families, good for everybody to be reunited. And I think the city of L.A. is coming together, obviously, around the Lakers championship. But also, J.C., we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the Kobe factor here 
although it would have been so sweet to clinch in game five wearing the mamba uniforms the mentality the whole thing game six doesn't take anything away from it and for the lakers to come full circle win a championship for this franchise in this year with kobe's untimely and tragic passing and with dwight howard on the roster for lebron james to be the one who really pushes it forward with the finals mvp anthony davis coming in to be the next generation the next great lakers star in this lineage of unbelievable names there are so many poetic angles for which this lines up from Paul gasol rooting from the sidelines and feeling like maybe there's a place for him on this lakers roster next year if they have to replace some size and he's serious about playing but not going to go on that tangent we'll keep it kobe focused it's just amazing to me that all the different ties Kobe had to this franchise. I mean, he was a big brother to Anthony Davis before Anthony Davis ever thought about playing for the Lakers, let alone it became a reality. And so for all this to come together in this particular year, the only thing I can say besides the fact that it's poetic and amazing is I just simply wish, like so many others, that Kobe was still here to watch it with us and G- Gianna too. Yeah, I mean, I, obviously he would have tweeted out something really positive and, and happy and he, he may not have even been able to go be at the bubble if, if they if you know when they win but yeah i mean it to you wish he was around to see it because he would have loved it he would have loved every second of it g would have loved every second of it both huge you know they were one and the same when it came to the basketball mine and i think the connection that the lakers have have kept and will continue to keep with the bryant family with vanessa and the kids i, I think that's something that will really be prominent for this franchise moving forward obviously it's only a matter of time until we get you know the kobe statue outside of staples center and i I just can't believe you know i still can't believe that he's gone but i also can't believe that this lakers team has has come back home as title winners And, and you look at this group and i'm just i'm so happy for these guys man i mean that that's what being a fan is about is about being happy for your team, happy for those guys, those athletes, those women, whoever's on the field in those moments, on the court in those moments, and just really reflecting on all the effort, all the work in a field of competition in the landscape where you're competing against the best of the best every day, every night, every weekday, every weekend. This is the ultimate sort of validation, and this is why we do what we do, and there's there's so much that these guys put into it, as mentioned, so much that we don't see and I just think it's remarkable for this entire organization. I mean, Frank Vogel, Frank Vogel, JC, this this is a guy who was what? The Lakers perceived third choice maybe for the head coaching job. Didn't yeah. give him a contract as long as they were ready to offer Monty Williams or Ty Lue. And he's the guy who comes in who was basically told that, you know, Jason Kidd had to be an assistant on his staff, has taken on this Herculean task of coaching LeBron James, of coaching Anthony Davis as it turned out. And it turned out amazingly. And, and I just think that Frank Vogel deserves as much publicity as possible for the job he did with this team. Yeah, he, I mean, yeah, we talked about that move with Caruso. Like, the man can can play chess when everyone's out there playing checkers. He's just make, makes really smart adjustments de- uh, defensively. And, yeah, you could tell the biggest thing with them is, is that LeBron bought into him right from the get-go, which is always important. LeBron's kind of had this reputation as being contentious with some coaches, or he seems to only like coaches who used to play in the league. Um, he's obviously proved that wrong with Frank Vogel, and he really got uh, commanded LeBron's respect. And he, he also didn't that, seem too afraid of the moment of, of coaching LeBron James. And that's really that's really the piece. You, I mean, you nailed it right on the head. And no, he didn't. The moment was never bigger than Vogel. He stayed 
mostly calm. You know, he does a little bit of yelling, a little bit of complaining, but mostly a calm guy. And he was really able to tap into the spirit of this team and channeled them so well and had everybody aligned, everybody sort of on the same page, everybody reading out of the same book on the same chapter. I mean, it was really, really great to see. And, you know, I when he said after the game, you know, the weekend in which they beat the Bucks and they beat the Clippers just before the hiatus, JC, I remember talking about this on a pod. I was at that game against the Bucks, and I thought it was one of the Lakers, you know, more statement wins of the season. And as we've talked about many times, that's when the Lakers were really rolling, really playing well. And for his group to be able to keep this group engaged as one unit, one family overall for the duration of almost seven months by the time this thing came to an end. I mean, it's such a credit to him. It's such a credit to the discipline, to the culture that, you know, he's instilled since his hiring. And I, I just, I, I can't help but laugh thinking about when, when he was hired. There were some people who said we would have been better off keeping Luke Walton. Do you feel that way, JC? <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, Luke Walton, you know, I, I don't I don't mean any disrespect, but clearly, you know, the long-term fit was not there despite his ties to the franchise. And I think there were a lot of people who maybe wanted to see that work more than it was actually working. But kudos to Frank Vogel. I'm curious to see what the coaching staff looks like uh, moving forward into, into next season, whether any of these guys might move on to a different staff or if everybody returns. As for the Lakers, I would keep as much intact as possible, just making some minor changes around the margins, you know, around those guys 10th, 11th, 12th off the bench where they're always moving around. One guy I'm really curious about just while, while we're touching on this once again is I, I want to see Devontae Kaycock play, man. I, I think he could be a rotation guy for the Lakers, and I'm curious to see if Taylor Horton Tucker moves in, moves in and takes a role for this team moving forward as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Kyle Kuzma, his role kind of grew from his rookie year to his second year, and so you you kind of expect to see that with with Kaycock and, and THT, especially if they don't necessarily uh, tool up too much from the free agent market. They kind of stand pat as is and just kind of let develop those pieces. Yeah, they would they would kind of step up and see see what they've got. And also, um, Tacumpo's brother. Costas, uh, I've seen some of his highlights from his G League, and he's his length and 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 athleticism. It, he can sort of be that five that Anthony Davis doesn't necessarily want to be, and he can stick to being that four in some of those lineups. The troll tweet from last night that I considered authoring but I didn't <laughs> was that the Lakers brought an NBA championship into the Antetokounmpo family before he, the Bucks did for Giannis. So you know, if you want to throw out that free agent recruitment, no, nah, I'm not. I'm not serious. In <laughs> in all sincerity, we didn't go down that road. But yeah, the Lakers have some interesting pieces, interesting players as as you know the team moves forward that they can develop from within. I want to go to Kyle Kuzma for just a second here. Because I don't think Kyle Kuzma is a bad player. I think there are things that he can do well, and I think there are things that he improved upon, a couple of them being defensive effort and the ability to move without the ball. But I sit here, and as long as this team is with Anthony Davis and LeBron James, and that's going to be for the foreseeable future, JC, I just don't see or understand what Kyle Kuzma's role is or is going to be. I think it's – and I'm not sure – that Kyle Kuzma can reach another level of how good he can be. I think Kyle Kuzma is kind of what he is in terms of his ceiling as a player. And I don't think that his role is going to change all that much on this Lakers team so long as LeBron and AD are on the floor. Can you convince me otherwise, or, or is that where your take is? Do, do you think Kyle Kuzma is on the Lakers next season? Uh, I mean, I 
think so. Um, the only thing I can kind of see is because he doesn't make very much money. Uh, if they could somehow right. create some sort of trade package with Danny Green being expiring money and fifteen million, and Kyle Kuzma's eight, you know, three million. That's eighteen million expiring that I'm sure some team might be willing to take with Kyle Kuzma being the, the premier piece of that of that trade uh, of him being you know a two on another team. That feels that feels like a package the Knicks would go for just right off the bat. That's yeah. that's my yeah. I'm yeah, cute. that's that's something. Yeah, that, that I mean eighteen million expiring that that gets one really good player if, if he can swing it. I guess I guess I'm curious. I don't expect Kyle Kuzma to be on a different team at least to start next season for the Lakers. I do think he will return, mostly because of what you cited with the low number in terms of his salary and the trade package and what you'd have to put together, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think the Lakers are going to or should make change for the sake of change alone. But I am curious to see if they're creative in their avenues in which they can upgrade the roster without shaking up the core. And I think, you know, Rob's already thinking about that. He's typically one step ahead when it comes to that stuff. So I am curious to see how that plays out for the Lakers. But but again, this team is going to be all about LeBron and AD. I, I don't think KCP opts out because I think, you know, he, he I think he's worth the money that he's going to get paid, as you mentioned. But I also think with the title, playing with LeBron, playing with AD, where is he really going to go and find himself in a better situation? Like, is a good team, a playoff team that's one piece away, is anyone sitting there saying, we're a KCP away from being title contenders, right? Like, I don't see that for him. I think his value to the Lakers might be greater than to a number of different teams in the NBA. So I feel like he'll return. And Alex Caruso, man, I mean, I just I can't say enough about him. If Avery Bradley does decide to opt out, I don't think the Lakers are going to be heartbroken about giving Caruso that role. No, not at all. Uh, yeah, I mean, the only, if, if you see KCP opt out, it's going to be because he's got inside info from the team that they're going to give him a raise. If if you don't see him, if you see him opt in, then he's either talked to the team or he knows that he's not going to get any more money elsewhere. So really the only player, as far as the players who could opt in, that you could see costing more money would be Anthony Davis. Uh, maybe Rajon Rondo, because he's got a player option also, and he may want to raise, although... If if he's gonna if he's gonna pretty much only be playoff Rondo and not really regular season Rondo, then two million might be kind of what he's worth. I think I think Rondo stays. Maybe he stays on a slight raise. Maybe not, but I think he stays. I I, yeah, I do. Again, where are you gonna find, especially for a guy like Rondo at this point in his career? We're going to find a better situation than playing with LeBron and AD. And yes, you might not be starting, but you know you're going to play a prominent role. I mean, I, as good as Rondo was on this stage, I don't think there's any team out there saying we're ready to give Rondo our starting point guard role. I think he's looking at a backup job kind of wherever he goes, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's worth considering. And I and I just think, again, to go back to that culture piece of the ability to play with LeBron and AD is such a – it's such a factor, man. And you, and you know JaVale will be back at $4 million because ain't no team going to pay him that. There's just <laughs> – there's just no way. So you yeah. can almost guarantee that he'll be back. But I'm, I'm, I'm happy for these guys. I'm happy for, you know, J.R. Smith and Dion Waiters and Quinn Cook and JaVale and Dwight and Rondo and, you know, Jared Dudley, man. J- I mean, shout out to Duds, you know. He's he's all of us out there. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's the everyman. He's he's not a, a great athlete. He, he's a capable shooter. There's nothing that he does incredibly well on a basketball court, but he's a good fundamental first player he understands the game he's communicative he assumes a leadership role he's a star in his role and that's that's what as we talked about 
what part of what made this team so successful this season. And I'm just happy for these guys. They they work so hard for this. And as fans, it's just it's incredible to just enjoy it because it has been a long time. I know other franchises are sitting here saying it hasn't been that long. Try being a fan of this team, right? <laughs> And I get it. I'm a Mets fan in baseball, so I get it. I get it. I totally get it. But for me, it's been a long time. We've all had a tough 2020. The Lakers franchise has suffered, you know, this year with the loss of Kobe. So I, I don't think there's anyone at home who's really sitting at home thinking about all of that saying, man, I can't stand that the Lakers won. And at the end of the day, they were the team that won the most games on the stage when it mattered most. So you got to give credit to where it's due, even when you don't like the outcome. Yeah, and they and they maintained that uh, fifty that undefeated record now fifty seven and zero when they have a lead to start the fourth quarter, which has never been done before. Incredible. I mean, just another cherry on top for this team that has really done some incredible teams this season, and it all culminated with an NBA championship. Do you think the listeners will miss hearing us after just about every game, or do you think? We're all going to sit back and bask in this glory of the NBA title for a little bit before we get it going. Uh, I mean, I, I kind of would probably want to wait a few weeks to sort of see how some of the free agency plays out. Um, maybe we could do a free agency preview episode. Uh, just kind of one thing I've looked at, if, if you if you like playing the clutch client list, the, the free agents from clutch are pretty interesting there. Uh, but we could talk about that at a future episode. <laughs> Give me, give me a couple of names you're already eyeing off the uh, list. Well, I mean, so some of the interesting names is Tristan Thompson, there's Montrez Harrell, um, Nerlens Noel, who, if you want to talk reclamation projects with what they did with Dwight Howard, Noel, I think, is Ooh. a perfect candidate for something like that. Ooh, I like that, JC. I like, I like Nerlens Noel as a potential Dwight Howard replacement if Dwight moves on for a bigger payday or for a bigger role elsewhere. I do like that idea quite a bit. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, some people think a potential easily gettable via trade clutch client is Gary Trent Jr. who played really well in the in the bubble. Uh, only makes $1.6 next year, guaranteed. Ooh, you're throwing out some very interesting names. You know, I, I think, ah, man, it's so funny to me, you know, talk, talking about guys who, you know, potential future Lakers, one of our all-time favorite exercises. I think it's so interesting that guys like uh, Jay Crowder, PJ Tucker, while we're watching the playoffs, I'm always kind of thinking about like, ah, this guy would be such a good Laker, right? Because of the way he plays. Jay Crowder, man, I've always had a fascination with this guy. What he would be, a, I just feel like he would be such a good fit on this team. Don't you feel like he'd be a good fit on Lakers? Yeah, I mean, he's he's on that list of players that I've always wanted to see play with LeBron, and when he did in Cleveland, I thought it worked out really well. I didn't think Cleveland should have traded him. It's just, I, I'm, I'm very curious to see how the Lakers sort of shape the margins here, but I like the Nerlens Noel call. We'll definitely do a free agent preview episode. We'll definitely talk about some, you know, realistic quote unquote names that we can toss about because the Lakers aren't exactly going to be flush with cap space. And you already know that priority number one is going to be re-signing Anthony Davis on an enormous contract, whatever it looks like. Blank check, sign it, let's go. Lay Anthony Davis, future, current and future of the franchise. Hard to believe that Anthony Davis is just still in his, I don't want to say mid-20s, mid to late 20s, and just literally entering his prime. Yeah, still a baby. <laughs> it's inc- it's incredible to me. I mean, for as as good as he is, as good as he was in the finals, uh, as he pushed through, you know, one of the biggest concerns, just before we get out of here, one of the biggest concerns 
of all Lakers fans at the time of the trade, as as excited as so many were, were, oh man, every night Anthony Davis goes to the locker room for this, he goes to the locker room for that. I am so impressed by Anthony Davis' toughness and resiliency this season, especially in the finals. In game five, JC, it looked like he was going to be out for that game and the remainder of the series, okay? Thankfully, that was not the case, obviously, but just his mental capacity, his mental fortitude, he channeled that and he said, nope, I'm going to keep going, I'm going to keep going. This is what this team brought me in to do. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. And that's exactly what he did. Yeah, the, the way that injury looked, it, you, you didn't want to say the dreaded dreaded A word, but uh, that's what it looked like. I know. I know. My friends and I were, were you know, some of, some of my buddies like to pseudo-diagnose as doctors. And I said, guys, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. We're not doing this. Yeah. Because the last, the last time we did it, it was – of course, Kobe's torn Achilles, and we all know how that worked out. Obviously, he did wind up with a complete rupture. Fortunately, that was not the case for Anthony Davis. The Lakers escaped the bubble without any major injuries, without really any injuries at all, except for Rajon Rondo's thumb in the in the early part of the series there, and Deion Waiter's quote-unquote groin issue that we never saw him again from, and come home as NBA champions. It is a beautiful, beautiful sentence, J.C., the Hoopball Lakers podcast could not be more proud to support the team. Of course, just because the basketball season ends does not mean the content stops. At Hoopball Tweets, at Hoopball Fantasy, and of course, at Hoopball Lakers. JC is at JC DeLeon1 on Twitter. I am at Ethan underscore Noroff. And until next time, JC, any final words for the time being? Uh, Lakers fans just enjoy the summer whenever, whenever your team wins an NBA championship that whole summer is just every day is a good day enjoy the crown enjoy a brief break from basketball because the offseason will feel a little faster than usual the Lakers are once again title holders LeBron and Anthony Davis have their first title together you know they'll be back at it next season for more I could not be happier we could not be more celebratory And until we talk to you guys next time, enjoy, relax, be safe. We out. This has been a Hoop Ball presentation. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.